Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. All right, Penn State fans, you know what time it is. It's Michigan Penn State time, almost. Bob Flounders, Dave Jones, a couple days ahead of Penn State at Michigan, the battle of unbeatens. Who knows what's going to happen on Saturday? Maybe Dave and I know what's going to happen on Saturday. I doubt that we do, but we're going to talk about what we think about this game. Dave, how are you? I sure as hell don't. I've gone back and forth on this game all week. Is that is is that what you've done, or, or were you pretty uh, – we won't give up our picks just yet, but were you pretty sure about this one ahead of time? You know what? I, I was sure about it at uh, at the end, um, but it was fascinating to when you analyze this game. There's a lot to like about Penn State in this game, Dave. I think that there really is, but I went back to a couple things that uh, I believe in. I don't know that I, this is your typical Penn State James Franklin team going on the road to face a top five team. I don't know if it's that it's your typical situation. To be more specific, a couple of people you don't believe in. Why don't you just bring it out there? I'm just not prepared. I'm not prepared to. I'm trying to. It's a slow reveal, Dave. It's a slow reveal. It is pretty much two people I'm a little bit. uh, Let's just say unsure of, Dave. We're going to say unsure of, and then we'll get to it at the end, and everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, I knew he was going to say that. All right. So, what can you tell me about the Michigan Wolverines? I know you, you you gave me like a little bit of a news off the show. I don't know if you if you're you can you can share it, but uh, I, what do you know about Michigan? Well, it's it's public knowledge at this point as we speak on Wednesday. Uh, I learned about it earlier, but people probably know about Mike Hart, who had a seizure. The former Penn, uh, Michigan running back, who is only thirty, I think he's thirty six years old. Uh, he was he was infamous for the little brother comment about Michigan State that that stoked that rivalry back in the uh, I guess that was the late aughts. And he has been the Michigan running co- running backs coach for a little bit. Uh, just signed a new contract in the spring, and he had a seizure on the sideline at Indiana. Really shook up uh, the the running backs who were standing next to him, Blake Corum and. Uh, Edwards, their backup, I think, were, were standing right next to him. And um, he had to be carted off. He has since tweeted that he's he's doing fine, but it is a seizure. They have not disclosed exactly what's wrong with Mike Hart, but they need an interim running backs coach for the foreseeable future. And that happens to be my brother-in-law, Fred Jackson, who was on the Michigan staff a very long time until uh, 
taking a job in the Ypsilanti School District as, I think, a headmaster of a high school there for a few years. He's 72 years old, still in very good health, and he came back as an analyst uh, just part-time this year and has been having a great time back in the game for the first time. And I think, uh, well, since Harbaugh took the job, which is 2015, so Freddie's back in the game for the first time in seven years, and he loves it. I mean, he loves being back in college football, but he didn't expect, no one could have predicted this. And he is uniformly liked and respected around there. So all of a sudden, he's he's the running backs coach, and what a stable they've got. It's a pretty good room, huh? Especially with Blake Corum. You, last year when they played in State College, it was the it was the it was the Hassan uh, Haskins show. Blake Corum was hurt; he didn't even play, or else they would have ran for more yards in that game, uh, and probably might have been able to separate from Penn State. As it was, Haskins kind of dominated that game, as did Michigan's front four in a twenty-one seventeen. Eric All was all they needed, and now Eric All's hurt. That entered in, into my decision here because I thought Eric All was a, a special kind of tight end. Uh, I think he's going to the NFL. He is the kind of playmaker that he's a lot like Mike Gesicki in the way that he can he can do a lot of different stuff and he, he can block, but he block better than Mike. Mike I was going to say, don't say Mike Gesicki and block in the same. <laughs> but also run downfield as he did. Uh, forget how long that play was, but about sixty yards to essentially win the game at the end. He's a a stick out special kind of player and a threat. And I think in Michigan's offense, he would have been very valuable in this game. Uh, they've got a kid named Schoonmaker who's fine. He's good, but he's he's not Eric All. So this is how I see the game unfolding. And you can you can uh, I don't I'm not sure about unfolding, but these are the factors I think. You know what Michigan is going to try to do. They are pretty predictable. They're going to try to run the ball and throw off a play action. Sharon Moore is their new offensive coordinator. He is an offensive line specialist. When you get those guys as your coordinator, that is what they're going to do. That's what Michigan has done. And they've lived off Blake Corum, who's a really good little running back. I don't know where you put him. I'd put him right behind Mo Ibrahim. Different kind of back. And a lot like Mike Hart, I've compared him to Mike Hart, except he's quicker. He's got more of a burst than Mike Hart ever did. Uh, Small, and we've been worried about his durability, but man, he had 32 carries, I think, uh, last week again. And he just keeps motoring along. Penn State has to make certain that they can demonstrate that they can stuff that running game. Not stuff it, but contain it. And in order to do that, I think they'll trust their secondary to play a, a lot on islands, especially their corners, and bring cheat those safety up, safeties up, as they did against Auburn. I don't think it'll be that crazy like what they did against Auburn, somewhere in between what they did against Auburn and against Purdue. And if Michigan has, begins running the ball like they have against other teams, it's lights out because Penn State cannot win the game that way. But if they can force J.J. McCarthy, their young sophomore quarterback, to make plays that they need on third and four and thereabouts. I don't know that we know if he can handle that. Maybe he can, maybe he can't. So I I think the quarterbacks are so unpredictable in this game because McCarthy hasn't had experience in games like this. Sean Clifford has had a lot of experience, but he's like, you know, Mrs. Mrs., uh, 
Gump's box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get. And uh, <laughs> is that about right? I just picture in Sally Field right now and Forrest Gump in her phony Southern accent. But yeah, I got you, Dave. I got you. Go ahead. As, as Woody would have said, come ahead, Bob. You're the expert. Come ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the quarter, obviously the quarterbacks are going to have a significant say in this game. I kind of thought the same thing about Auburn, but I was horribly wrong. Uh, I, I just think that uh, this is a game that in the fourth quarter, some one of these quarterbacks is going to have to show up. You know, Sean Clifford is a guy that – have you seen him play a solid 60 minutes against a good team during his career? It ha- it's happened very infrequently. Even the Purdue game, Dave, he 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 orchestrated that drive, but he also he also put Penn State into a world of trouble right before that with that pick six. I just I think this is a little bit. I think Michigan is better than Purdue. This is a statement game for him, and he's going to have to find a way to win it in the fourth quarter. I, I've just seen him struggle for too many series this year. It's like you know it, it, he plays a good half or a good three quarters, but that other quarter. You're like, am I watch? Am I really watching this six-year quarterback play like this? So I just, I, I have a lot of hesit- hesitancy about him on the road against a pretty good defense, and and I and I think that's that's one issue. There's also the, there's also James Franklin's history on the road against top five teams. What's that, Bob? Zero and six, zero and six on the road, one and eight overall. The one win was that magical 2016 game. Against Ohio State, and they were down double digits in that game, and they pulled it out of their uh, backside. So, we'll, I think it's a big game for James, and I think it's a big game for Sean Clifford. One other thing I wanted to mention, Dave, is I know we're going to talk about the defenses, but the total is fifty-two. If you had to list the top five punters in the country, the Michigan punter and the Penn State punter would be on that list. I think, I think both offenses are going to have to go about eighty-five to ninety yards. Uh, for a touchdown, unless there's some short field turnovers, and and I think I think it's going to be hard to do against both these defenses. And you're going to give Moody the edge over Penninger as far as the placement guys, right? Yeah, I think I am. I I really do think that Jake Jake's got to Jake's going to have to make a pressure kick at some point. I think, and uh, I think you will see when teams get when these two get into the red zone. I don't think it's all going to it's it's going to necessarily be about touchdowns. It might just be about get, taking the short three. All right. I I agree with everything you said. I just don't think Michigan is that much better than either Purdue or Auburn. I don't. Well, Auburn. I think they're better than Auburn. They're better than Auburn, and they're a little bit better than Purdue. That's what I think. I think that atmosphere there is anything but intimidating. That's I don't think that's going to play into it at all. I know we've been waiting. Who would you compare Sean Clifford to as an NFL quarterback? I've got a guy in mind. Current one or a former one? A, a current one. Carson Wentz. <laughs> well, Carson Wentz had a great uh, 15 games there in 2017, 28. Sean Clifford had a pretty good start to his Penn State career, did he not, in 2019? I was thinking of Kurt Cousins. Does that make any sense to you as, as, a, as a guy? Kurt Cousins is like worth like a quarter of a billion dollars, so I think Sean would take that at this point. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about an ability, but I'm talking about their ceiling. They seem to have a ceiling in performance, and when they get up a, in a game like this, it, it a, lot, a, lot of time, a lot of times doesn't end well. I saw something in that performance at Auburn, and I'm not saying Auburn was a great team. Yeah, they were a physical team, though. 
But they were a physical team, and they they did challenge you much more on defense than they did on offense. So I thought it was an easy day for Manny Diaz, for instance. But I saw something in that game that has stuck with me about Clifford at a big moment. I, I thought he actually played really well in that game, and that was the last time they went on the road in a big game. And uh, I'm counting on him to at least not have the big screw up, the big moment where he loses the game. And I think Penn State's defense is overall a little little better than Michigan's. Michigan's getting really good on the edges. They've got a, a DN named Mike Morris who is really starting to come on. Um, they're they're not Hutchinson and Adab, Ajabo, but I mean they 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 have some some good good ash rushers now. Penn State's going to have to deal with that. I I just think it ought to be worth something of all this experience in this these types of games with John Clifford compared to JJ McCarthy, who we don't we don't know anything about how he's going to handle this. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. Um, and I just think that I don't think Sean has to have the game of his life. I just think that Sean, the, he just can't have too many valleys in this game. He can't he can't go three possessions like he did against Purdue, where I think they went three and out, three and out, three and out. And then he engineered the game winning drive. So I just I want him to be a little bit more level in his play. And I, I don't know that this is going to be a game where he didn't even throw the ball 20 times in the Auburn game. Penn State could run it, but they uh, they also forced four turnovers. I don't know that Michigan's going to turn it over very much, if at all. So it's going to be one of those games where he, he's got to manage the game, but the, he's also going to have to make some throws. He's going to have to make some throws into some tight windows. If he does that, I think Penn State certainly can win the game. But I, I, wanna, I need to see it, Dave. I need to see it. Yeah, well, I, I need to see J.J. McCarthy in a pressure atmosphere. He's He's been allowed to play pitch and catch against all these substandard opponents. I mean, Colorado State and Hawaii and Connecticut, Maryland's defense isn't very good. Iowa does what they do, but they're not like athletically gifted. And Indiana, I mean, he really hasn't been challenged. I guess Iowa would be the most challenged, but that was, that was what was impressive about that game was the push Michigan's offensive line got against those guys. And again, it was the running game and Blake Corum that pretty much won that game. I just don't know what you can what you what you know about JJ McCarthy. We know who Sean Clifford is. We don't know who McCarthy is in this situation. In fact, if you wanted to take any big moments in big games, you'd have to take them from Michigan State last year, and they lost that game 37-33 a lot because of JJ McCarthy's mistakes when he was inserted in, in that game. And Cade McNamara has been the big game quarterback who's who's out. This is a big moment for J.J. McCarthy. He hasn't been there. Clifford at least has. Uh, the Iowa game that where, where uh, Michigan won on the road, I think Iowa and Penn State, defensively, they're a little bit different. Iowa plays that sound defense, you know, that, that are really good at the secondary. I wouldn't call them an aggressive defense. I don't know if you agree with me, but they are just – they're good at every level. They don't make any mistakes. They force you to kind of go down the field. I think Penn State athletically on defense is better, and I think they're deeper. And I'm very, very interested to see how Manny Diaz game plans for this Michigan offense. Obviously, we know what the number one priority is, and it's Corum. But I wonder what he's going to do to maybe try and confuse or just, you know, just, just kind of 
give uh, McCarthy uh, some different looks. But again, I think James Franklin made a good point. One of the reasons why Michigan's so good on third down is it's almost always if they're on third down, they're in like, it's like third and two or third and one. And that's a lot easier to navigate than third and eight. Yeah, they need to they need to get McCarthy to third and four, third and five. And then let's see what he's got, a non-running situation. And a guy we have not mentioned in this vein is Ronnie Bell. Now, Ronnie Bell uh, had a catastrophic, uh, I believe it was an ACL injury, uh, very beginning of last season. I think it was the Western Michigan game. It was no tap-in at all that he would be uh, back playing as well as he is, but he looks like the old Ronnie Bell like from three years ago. He had a wonderful game against Michigan State three years ago and like 150 yards of, of receiving, and everyone thought uh, great things were coming for him. And then, it, you know, COVID happened, and last year he, he just didn't even play. Of all the receivers in this game, including Mitchell Tinsley and Parker Washington, I think he's the most – that has the greatest upside of anybody. So if McCarthy gets time, Bell can get open. He's not a great receiver. He is, he's not a Jahan Dotson. He's not a David Bell, but he's a, he's a very good seasoned receiver, and I think he's the best pass catcher in this game. And we will see if he enters into the decision. Yeah, I think it's crazy that Penn State's playing its sixth game and Parker Washington doesn't have a touchdown catch. I just think that's a little weird. I know that he's, I think he's leading the team in catches, but you know he's, he's had some pretty good games of late, and Sean's missed him on a couple of throws that could have went for touchdowns. But I just kind of feel like he might be a guy that might be a little bit due because he's just too good of a player to not get into the end zone. So I'll be watching him. Dave, we have to talk about one guy for sure. Because I know Michigan's defense is going to come after him. Caden Wallace. Caden Wallace, Penn State's right tackle. Um, Olufashano has been a revelation in his first year at starter on the left side. Uh, Caden Wallace, even this year, I think, in passing situations, whether it was Purdue, you know, in just about every game, if he, if he doesn't get help, he can have some trouble. I don't think he's the most nimble of foot. And I'm just wondering what uh, – I think his name's Jesse Minner, the D.C., uh, what he's going to do on that right side of Penn State's offensive line if they can get Penn State into third and long? Because I think that he's the guy they're going to try and attack. Yeah, and I think they'll try to attack him with Morris, who is a, a, a very impressive, getting more impressive all the time, speed rusher. And he could be a real problem over there. So I think they're going to have to help him out if, if that's where they line up Morris. Michigan's defense is better than you think up front. They were better than they were expected to be because they had to replace Ajabo and, and Hutchinson. And they have kind of done that. I know through some channels that they were worried about this defense in camp, and it has pretty much come through. But how would you attack it if you were Mike Yurcich? That's That's the question, knowing what you know about Penn State's capabilities and knowing that Michigan up front is pretty good. Uh, they, got, they got another kid named Mozzie Smith who's playing really well at tackle. How would you attack it? Because I got my own idea. Mozzie Smith is a problem inside. that They're going to have to double team him almost all the time. He was, old, he was number one, I think, on Bruce Feldman's freaks list at 337 pounds. He's athletically, I mean, he and P.J. Mustafer do a lot of the same things for their teams. They're not really going to show up necessarily on the stat sheet. 
but they're invaluable to the interior of the defense, especially on running play. So if you're Mike Yersich, uh, I know James is going to want to keep Michigan's defense honest and they're going to run some inside, but I think, I think off tackle and outside might be the way to go if you're Penn state in the run game, only because it's really, really tough to get any, any, any movement uh, against that Smith guy. And I think, Michigan, I know there's going to be some games. Mustafer didn't play in last year's game. He was hurt when Hassan Haskins had a huge day, and I think that really hurt Penn State's defense. I'm curious to see curious to see what PJ Mustafer can do to maybe stop Corum inside. But he's a he's a he's a guy that's certainly talented enough to kill Penn State on the outside. And I'm I'm talking about you know you know if Jonathan Sutherland's in the game, I mean that's 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 maybe the side that I might want to attack if I'm. If I'm Michigan, but I, I do know if, if you're Yursich, I'm, I'm sure you're going to see some tempo. I'm sure you're going to see Brenton Strange helping Caden Wallace. Uh, he's their best tight end. And when it comes to doing that, I think he's going to be kind of like a little sidecar for Caden Wallace on third and long. And, and it makes a lot of sense, right? The other thing, Dave, is I know I, I, I'm a broken record, but I swear it, in most of the games that Clifford plays, he takes one or two nasty shots a game, and it's not not they're not always as nasty as the Auburn shot. But he got really roughed up by Michigan last year. He took a beating. It started on the first play, and it never stopped. And I think they're gonna they're gonna try and test him a little bit that way as well. So I think Yersuch has to be careful against this Michigan defense. He's got to make sure for some of these passes, if they're not RPOs, that he's got to give Clifford like a, try and give Clifford a little bit extra time to get the ball down the field. Well, I would start the offense with 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 possession throws against this defense. I, I don't want to put Clifford in situations ever on third and eight. I would run give up plays. I really would. I just I just would run give up plays and punt and use Barney Moore and just just get rid of the ball, live to fight another day. That's what we're talking about. But early downs, I'd let him throw the ball because I don't think Michigan's intermediate and deep defense is all that good. I don't. I think they're they're okay. And that's the weakness of this defense. That's the weakness of the entire Michigan team, if you ask me, because uh, they're pretty solid all the way around otherwise. I think they can be attacked. I don't think they've been attacked. Indiana has a, a horrible situation with this offensive line. They can't protect Connor Basilak, uh, the transfer from Missouri. That was just uh, they they can't they can't really do anything against them. I, I thought Maryland did pretty well, and that that's a, a, an example of how they can be exposed. Now Maryland's wideout crew is a lot better than Penn State's. I mean they got weaponry and they've got a better quarterback. I think we both agree, but it is an example of how that back seven can be exposed, and I think they can. You might as well go after it. You've got an experienced quarterback. He's got confidence. Even if it's sometimes irrational, he does have confidence, maybe more than he should, but he does have that. If you can get him going with early down throws, I think that's the way to go. I do. And I, I don't want him thrown on third and long ever. Right. I think Sean, from about from about 15 yards, from, he's good, I think, in the intermediate range, and he's good near the line of scrimmage. He struggled throwing deep balls this year. Uh, other than that throw to Tinsley in the Auburn game, uh, down the right side early in that game. I think he's – I expected him to be a little bit better now that he's, you know, 24 down the field. Now, maybe it's that 
the Penn State receivers aren't as good as getting separation that Jahan Dotson uh, did. Maybe, and remember Jahan Dotson's catch radius, Dave. He made he, there were some incredible catches he made where he probably shouldn't have been able to catch the ball. Just get it near him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that these Penn State guys are quite like that, but I will say this: if 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 they can scheme up some deep shots and and the Penn State receivers have a step. Uh, down the field, down the field on a vertical shot. Sean Clifford has got to put the ball on the money in this game. If he's going to be shot, it's going to be an issue. He cannot, he cannot miss open throws. Let's look at what he can do and what he's proven he can do. And I think he can do that in this game because I think Michigan's intermediate defense is its weakness. I don't think our linebackers are all that great in coverage. I think you can throw to Brenton Strange. I think you th- can throw to Parker Washington. I think you can throw to Mitchell Tinsley on t- turn-ins. But between the hashes, uh, I- intermediate, I think that's way to, the way to go on first and second down, and you don't want any part of this defense on third and long. I- I'm telling you, I would kick on third down. I would do a Woody Hayes. <laughs> if they have a third and nine, just kick the ball away, quick kick, uh, honest to God. They should bring that back. And that's what the way this game could be. It could end up being a old-style 1970s Woody and Bo, Paterno and, and Carr possession game where uh, the kicking game is huge and field position is huge. One of those old-style old games that we thought we were done with. I don't think we're done with it. I don't think we're done with it in this game. I think that's the way this game's going to be. This is the Blue-White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Dave, who will be Penn State's most effective running back in this game and why? I think it should be Catron Allen because he's going to have to get tough, tough yards I don't know if they can prove they can run on these guys, but if they can back them off a little bit, that would be great. I, I don't know that they can depend on that, but Catron Allen's going to be a very important guy, I think, in this game because he he falls forward. He's physical. This is going to be a physical game. He's shown me that he can be tough in tough quarters. I would start him and run Singleton as a changeup back in the second quarter. But they haven't done that. I don't know why they haven't done that. Hey, Dave, they had a bye week. You never know. You never know what's going to happen with a bye week. I agree with you. I think that I think Allen the last three games. I know that I know that Singleton was electric at Auburn on those two long runs. But I think the more consistent runner the last three games has clearly been Catron Allen. And I think this is a game where you value, especially early in the game, consistency over you know a guy that needs like seven or eight carries to get loose on one of them. So that's not a knock against Nick Singleton. I just think that this is a tough environment and I think yards are going to be hard to come by on the ground on a consistent basis. And I think Allen's a little bit better at that right now at this stage of his career. I mean, but you're right. Singleton, you know, he did all of his damage basically in the third quarter of that Auburn game. He was real quiet for two quarters, and then he went off in that third quarter and early in the fourth quarter. That's the way I would play him. Wouldn't you play him when the defense is a little bit tired? Get him in there, and he's fresh, and he can – There's nothing wrong with featuring him in the second half when they're tired. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, five minutes into the second quarter. 
Uh, he can bust a big one. And that's when he should be in there, when everyone's a, a little bit gassed. In my mind, Allen, if you can get three or four yards on first down out of him, fine. But I would start throwing the ball. That is that is that is where Penn State has an advantage on this particular defense. I think you have to play the opponent in this game. If you remember last year in the game, Kevon Lee had one had his probably his best game against Michigan. Twenty carries, I think, for eighty eight yards. And I think the two freshman runners, especially Allen, are a little bit better at getting those yards than Kevon Lee is. So. I don't think it's impossible to expect Penn State to run on Michigan's defense. It just might not come right away. And let's see if Franklin and Yersid stay patient with the run. I think they will, but they might have to. It might not be until late in the second quarter or early in the third quarter that they really start to see the results. I would throw on early downs, not long balls, just into the intermediate zone. I would use Brenton Strange a lot. He's been dependable. I think they have an advantage at tight end in this game. They should use it. Brent Strange against the Michigan's linebackers should be a big plus for Penn State. It's a joke, Dave. It's a joke. No, no. Whoa, 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 genius. You know what's you, – <laughs> my, my wife is going, please don't do that again. <laughs> Howard Eskin. That was, a, that was a Howard Eskin reference for any of you uh, people listening or watching. That's all we were trying to do. You know what's a joke? You're a joke. Now, don't call my show. Don't call my show. Anyway. No, you have to do your, you have to do the closeout. Oh, okay. Get out of here. And then WIP time 337. <laughs> <laughs> that makes the whole bit. Um. <laughs> I didn't know I haven't enough finished. And then he goes, I want to say a few words about our friends at Mescalis first. <laughs> <laughs> You have to do that for Johnny McGonigal. He's going to lose his time. <laughs> Blows him up and then says very, you know, just seamlessly right into the promotion. I love it. Yeah. There was no one like. like yeah. You're going to do. I'm going to make you do it for Johnny. I think he might, he, he might, he might pass out if he, if he heard you do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's choice time. It's pick time. You go first. I'm picking Penn State, which is bad news for all Penn State fans. But I am. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just not necessarily that impressed with Michigan. Uh, I don't know what we have in J.J. McCarthy. I know what we have in Sean Clifford. And I, I believe in Penn State's defense in this particular game. I don't think Michigan has any fireworks really going on on offense except for Blake Corum. And I don't think there's anyone in that receiving core the Penn State uh, secondary can't guard. And I'm going with Penn State in a upset. They are, they are plus seven. I'd certainly go with them against the line, wouldn't you? Isn't, don't you think that plus seven is crazy? Yeah, I thought. I was thinking it would be in the three to four range to start the week. So. And so I'm, I'm going with them uh, 20, 21 to 19. Let's name some of your favorite. Michigan quarterbacks from the last 20 years. I'll go first. John Navarre. <laughs> You're next. I can't take him. You can come up with somebody else. Come on. <laughs> I have to be able to say it like the press box announcer. <laughs> Michigan quarterback. That was a four-yard gain for John Navarre. <laughs> Is there anyone else that compares to him in your mind as far as a typical Michigan quarterback? Chad Henney. We had Todd Collins, who was like, 
hoisted a clipboard for how many years in the NFL? You remember, you realize how many, how many years he was on NFL rosters? Yeah, like 38. Yeah, man. I mean, he had like the greatest NFL career ever. I think he was like a 12-year NFL pro and played in like 18 games. He was, he was uh, Kerry Collins' uh, contemporary. Dreisbach, dry, dry um, um, let me see. Uh, Elvis Gerbach. Ooh. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go a little bit further back. I just like saying John Wangler. <laughs> that was a loaf of Wonder Bread, that guy. Yeah, that was, that was the era, uh, era of Bo. How could you forget Chad Henney, your boy? I, I, just, I feel like Penn State fans tense up when we mention that game <laughs> that name because of what happened in 2005, and I think they would think we were piling on. Someday when I retire, we'll tell that whole story about <laughs> how, we, how we broke the Chad Henney story. Yeah, a couple other people have to retire too. Yeah, I know, I know. My, I think my favorite, honestly, my favorite Michigan quarterback of all time is Rick Leach. I just really liked him as a kid growing up. Rick Leach went to my went to my wife's high school in Flint. He was a lefty, and he was ahead of his time at Michigan. He could really do some things. Did he play with Anthony Carter? You know what else was great about him? He was not afraid to talk back at Bo Schembechler. I mean, he gave Bo a lot of crap, and he 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 was a beloved character in Michigan football because of that. Because he stood up to Bo. I thought he was a good player too. It was oh like- man, he was for that era. For that was the that was the ten year war era, and he was so much better than every other quarterback in that era, except for Cornelius Green, who is an under underrated Ohio State quarterback, but didn't play for Michigan. I, I yeah, there's a lot of guys you can mention. Dennis Brown, that's way before your time. <laughs> All right, I got to get my score. I, got, I said Michigan twenty six. Penn State twenty. I just like I said, it's 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 a it's a big game for Penn State. I think it's I think it's even bigger for Sean in his sixth year. It's big for James Franklin in year nine, Dave. I mean, to never have beaten uh, a top five team. You can say what you want about the rankings. The rankings are the rankings. He hasn't beaten a top five team on the road. Zero and six. It's a real big game for James too. Yeah, I t- I'll tell you what this is about. Is you hate Penn State. <laughs> You know that Flounders guy. He doesn't even like Pinch Day. You don't even like Pinch Day. He will. He'll tell you if you get him off the camera. <laughs> I bet you all of Penn State's fans are aware of uh, all those records I mentioned as well. So, uh, <laughs> you think? You think maybe they are? Yeah, yeah. I, there's there's another one that you could have used for ammo that I dug up this week. Do you know what Penn State is after a bye week under Franklin? Uh, two and five. Three and five. Three and five. Well, they, they didn't have a bye week in 2020. Yeah, but they had two oh. in 2014 when they went to Ireland. Oh, really? And really, yeah. What was the first one? No, oh, they were off. They didn't play the next week after Ireland? They had two different buys. It was after UMass. You? Oh, yeah, then they got pounded by Northwestern. That's right. That's right. That was one of them. That's one, that's one of them. They lost at Michigan, didn't they? Was that the other one? Yeah, they they had a bye. No, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong about UMass. It was it was before Michigan and after Michigan. <laughs> Michigan was bracketed by two buys. That's it. That's it. Isn't that weird? They lost to both. <laughs> That's the ultimate quirk in the schedule, and they lost to both of them. Yeah, three and five off the bye week. Yikes! They played very well against Ohio State that year. They did. They they had them on the ropes in OT. Had it. Had them ahead of them in overtime, weren't they? Yeah. Okay. 
Then yeah. JT Barrett went to work like he always did against Penn State. That's when the refs just stole it from the Lions. That's that's right. what what that game was. All Remember right, that yeah, man. I think I think that's I think we've given Penn State. We already gave him a Howard Eskin impersonation. I mentioned John Wangler. Like I think I, I think that they've had about it. And we mentioned Chad Henney. I think they've had about enough of our act. And, and and after all that, we didn't even mention Tom Brady. That's that's kind of funny. All right, Dave. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll see you down the road. Uh, have a great flight. I am not making this trip for reasons we don't have to get into, but it was a, a travel snafu. So uh, it's just you and Johnny and, and Joe. Jumping Joe Hermit. All right. All right. See you guys. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.